Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Just a couple of things before we get going here in the Word. You can turn to Ephesians chapter 4. We'll be, go back there this morning. Uh, first of all, be sure and come to church. Wednesday nights we're teaching on sign of the times. How many are enjoying that? Praise God. God's given us some great revelation on where we are. And also, you know, the Bible says to beware of the wiles of the devil. Amen? You know, there are things we need to understand. And I I tell you, one of the greatest wiles of the devil right now in the church is he's just trying to shut it down. You know, the, uh, the different scriptures in the Bible, especially in the letters to the church that talk about fallings away, people departing from the faith. Listen, that's, that's a sign of the times right there. You need to guard your faith, but not only that, you need to increase your faith and your spirituality in any and every way you can. Come into church, your own personal prayer life, your own study of the Word of God, your own witnessing and soul winning. Listen, you got to come up to another level. One reason is you don't want to be lost. And people say, well, you know, I'll just go up in the rapture. It don't matter. Uh, if you'll come to those Wednesday night services, you'll find out not everybody goes up in the rapture that calls Jesus Lord. There aren't tribulation saints. Both people that will be left and people that will be born again during the tribulation. But I'm going to tell you something, church. You do not want to be here. And I like what an old preacher said years ago. I was in one of his meetings. Very, very powerful man of God named Leonard Ravenhill. He said this. He says, if you're not serving God in this generation, you're not going to serve it during the tribulation. Amen. And all that stuff in Revelations about the mark and all that kind of stuff, that's that's very relevant uh, relevant, uh, to what's coming. And we need to make sure that we're on the right side of the glory of God. You say, what do you mean? The right side is the blessing side, but there's another side of the glory that you do not want to be on. And you better make a decision in your own heart. I'm going to serve God differently than I did before this start, started. I'm going to come up to a brand new level. Amen. Not only that, we're going to have communion next uh, Sunday night uh, as we do, as is our tradition. And you say, well, Pastor, how's that going to work? Uh, when you come into the building, uh, they're going to have uh, boxes there of already uh, sterilized little packages. And in those packages will be your, your, uh, uh, your cup with the juice in it and your, and your host or your wafer. And so you'll have that there so uh, the men won't have to go up and down the aisles and do all that type of stuff. So we encourage you, be in communion, come to communion, celebrate the ordinances of God. Amen. And for those that have not uh, been water baptized, that need to be water baptized, we'll do a water baptismal service this summer. And uh, whether we do it on the beach or at our home, we'll figure that out. Uh, uh, Probably, oh, I don't know, about midway through the summer, we'll get that figured out. Amen. Praise God. Ephesians chapter 4, we're studying growing up spiritually. Uh, We've determined by the study of the Word of God that just as in the natural, uh, when a young uh, child, a baby, is born into a family, uh, uh, you know, you have the initial celebration of a child being born onto the earth, but, you know, almost immediately, uh, growth and development begin. Amen. Amen. (laughs) For you that have raised children, growth and development begins. It's part of the natural uh, process of the human family. But now, you've been born again into another family. You're in the family of God. But the same principle is true once an individual is born again into the family of God, there must be growth and development. 
Last week and the week before, we looked at the different stages, the babyhood stage. We're in the childhood stage now. There is also an adult or a full maturity. But also, I've been looking at some things that have to do with adolescence. So I'm I'm probably going to add another one to that because there is uh, some things unique uh, to being an adolescent. Amen? Uh, Kind of those teenage years. How many had some rough teenage years? Amen? I mean, they can be rough if you're not careful. Uh, But thank God we can grow up. Everybody say, grow up. And all of us need to be in the process of growing up. So if you're not in that process, listen, you don't stay uh, in a neutral place or or a neutral position. You back up. You regress. And the the sad thing is, uh, so many people in the church, in the body of Christ today, have gotten born again. Many of them have stayed in the babyhood state. And many of them have just grown into the childhood state and stayed right there. So last week we looked at some things that were unique uh, to the childhood state of spiritual growth and development. Uh, growth, growth and development. Uh, three of them we looked at was this, uh, unreliability, not being reliable, uh, curious and talkative. Uh, now there's some others we'll add to this as we go. We talked a little bit about the talkative phase, but I want to I go to this curious phase. How, you know, children tend to be, to, uh, tend to be very curious. Now that does not serve you well as a believer. You say, what do you mean by that? Uh, Listen, there are books you should not read. There is teaching that you should not embrace. Uh, Listen, there are meetings you should not go to. You just should not go to. Uh, Some some of the worst uh, uh, train wrecks I've seen in the body of Christ and in the church is people that have gotten caught up with erroneous doctrine or people that have gone to places, went to meetings, and all kinds of bizarro things happen. Listen, not everything that happens that's supernatural is of God. Amen? You know, thank God we have a standard for the Word. You know, even in Jesus' day, they challenged Him. Show us a sign. Show us a sign. They said, you're not getting any sign but the sign of the prophet Jonah. As the prophet Jonah was in the belly of the, uh, of the, belly of the whale three days and three nights, so must the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth. Listen, there are supernatural manifestations. And I'm going to tell you something, church. Listen to this and be warned. As the days progress and the months go by, there's going to be doctrines that rise up with powerful manifestations that are going to be doctrines of devils with demonic manifestations. And people are going to go, that's God, that's God, that's God. And that's not going to be God. And it can bankrupt you and shipwreck you spiritually. Come on, church. Man, we've had so many supernatural things happen here that are good things. Powerful refreshings from God. Wonderful Healings, great manifestations of, of, of impromptu moves of the Spirit. Listen, we got more than we can handle with the supernatural that God provides for us. We don't need to get caught up in all this other crazy stuff. Amen? Now listen, go to, go to, go to 1 Timothy real quick. Let's look at this a little bit, a little bit more in depth. 1 Timothy, look at verse 3. It says, as I besought thee here to abide still at Ephesus. Now this is, this is Paul speaking to his spiritual son, Timothy. And it's all, we can also say it like this. This is Paul speaking to Island Church. Amen. Amen. He says this. He says, I besought thee uh, to abide still at Ephesus. And when I went to Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some, uh, that they may teach no other doctrine. Now notice, he was literally, man, Paul was pretty adamant about his doctrine. He actually called it my gospel. You think, well, that's pretty bold for somebody to get up and call it my gospel. He said this. He said, God's going to judge the world by my gospel. How do you think that made those other disciples feel? Well, most of them lined up with it. Amen. 
But we understand and realize that it was the Apostle Paul that God gave uh, the bulk of the revelation of the New Testament church to, and it wasn't one of the uh, uh, disciples that walked and talked with him. Isn't that amazing? And then he says this. He says, uh, he says uh, go, go down to verse 4. Neither give heed to fables, endless genealogies, which, uh, which minister questions rather than edifying, which is in faith, so do. Now let me read that in the Amplified. It says, nor to give importance or to occupy themselves with legends, fables, myths, endless genealogies, which foster and promote, now listen to this, useless speculations and questionings rather than acceptance in faith of God's administration and the divine training that is in faith. In that, leaning on the entire human personality of the entire human personality on God in absolute trust and confidence. God wants you to be able to lean on Him in absolute truth and confidence. Faith and confidence. You say, why? Because we're in perilous times. I said, you better be able to trust God. In the perilous times in which we live, you need a trust so strong in you that nothing that comes on this earth can produce fear in your life. Amen. Fear not. And I say fear not. Fear not. Say fear not. But now listen, there's all kinds of people wanting to come up with all kinds of doctrines. And I've always noticed this. There are people that literally, they strive for something new. To come up with something new that, that kind of makes them unique or, or gives them some kind of angle. Listen, there's nothing new under the sun. Now listen, the, 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 the good, what I like to call the meat and potatoes of who we are, what we have, what we can do in Christ, faith, healing, prosperity, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the power that belongs to you. Listen, all of these doctrines are good. They help feed you. They teach you. Are you with me? And they train you. A lot of times people get taught, but they don't get trained. He said, what do you mean get trained? Listen, revelation that comes to you from the Word of God demands obedience. That's how you're trained. Now you can sit there and listen to it all day long and not obey it. And you can be taught it and not obey it, but it will not train you. You know, uh, people in sports and, and different things. I, I, got a, I got a really cool Labrador retriever. She's, a, uh, she's 10. She'll be 11 in July. Her name is Cookie. She's a fantastic hunting dog. But in order to, to, to get her to hunt, I could not just teach her, I had to train her. I couldn't just take the book Water Dog and say, now sit, I'm going to read you three chapters of Water Dog today. <laughs> Amen. I had to train her. And train her took discipline. It took correction. A lot of people don't like that. Say, uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe I can handle that discipline, but that correction stuff. Now, ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. Yes, that's somebody telling you what to do every day. Even more so now than ever. Oh, I ought to get a better amen than that. You've got to allow the Word of God to train you. But now listen, guard your heart and guard yourself. I've been teaching and preaching the Word for 36 years. I've seen it come. I've seen it go. I've seen the gold dust. 
I've seen all the goofy manifestations. Some of the nations we've preached in. It's amazing how the Spirit of God, when it would begin to move, especially in some of the places that Lee and I really saw revivals and outpourings and awakenings of God, how the, how the devil would show up with false stuff. Uh, in Ireland, man, uh, we, we were there teaching one time. We're having a great conference. There's a real move of the Spirit. And during that same week, statues begin to move. A statue of the Virgin Mary begin to cry. Uh, 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 tombstones in graveyards begin to arrange themselves. Well, what the good does that do? Nobody got healed. Nobody got saved. They were all getting saved and healed in our meetings. Come on, church. You, you got to say why. Because there's never been more access to you. I mean, you go on the internet. There's, there's, there's Christian television. Let me just say something about Christian television. Not all Christian television is good. Because, brother, you can get on there and listen to one goofy show with one goofy guy on there, and next thing you know, you're gone. And I've noticed every bit of the erroneous doctrine, erroneous doctrine and erroneous demonstrations of doctrines of devils always are designed to get people out of the local church. Amen. Oh, should I say that, Lord? Be careful of the manifestation of presence. Amen. One of the most, how can I say this? One of the most gratifying things in ministry is to produce a service and to have God honor it with His presence. Amen. Now, you that have come to Island Church over the years, you know that we have enjoyed the presence of God on different levels all, ever since we've been a church. Sometimes it's been so strong you couldn't hardly stand it. Almost seemed like you could just take some of it, put it in a, in a bag and carry it out the door. It was so strong. Other times, not so strong. Amen. But let me tell you, God, the power of God and the teaching of the Word of God is not the only thing that can produce a presence. I had somebody one time go to a meeting and they, they, they told me what was preached there and, and how the, a minister talked about how having all this revelation outside of the Bible, that right there ought to put a flag up right there. When you ever go to a meeting, somebody says, well, you know, I like the Bible, but I got some stuff ain't in that book. That's actually what the person said. I got some stuff ain't in that book. Buddy, you ought to just get up and walk out the door. Amen. But this is what this person kept saying. I felt God. I, I never felt God. I felt God. Oh, I felt God. I felt God. God was in there. I could feel God. I was watching a television program about Colorado and the marijuana churches that are cropping up in Colorado. And so this reporter went to one. And they were all standing around. It looked like, you know, these fire pits like we have in our backyard. This one was kind of elevated. It had a little fire burning in it. And they had this huge bong. How many know what a bong is? How do you know that? And so they were, they were stuffing that bong and they were passing it around and then they were singing some of the songs we sing and they had their hands up and they were reading the Bible. And so when they walked out, the guy that was the, 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 the reporter, he said, well, what would you think about that? He was asking one of the ones. She said, I've never felt God like I felt God in that service. I pointed at the TV. I said, you're stoned. Amen. It wasn't the presence of God she was seek, uh, sensing. It was she was stoned on weed. Come on, church. 
Be careful. And then this endless genealogies. Now let me help you with that because I'm telling you, I've seen some people really hurt by teaching that is erroneous on the healing of our genealogies. Uh, family curses. Uh, let me see if I can think of a few more names that they use. You say, what do you mean? Like, Let me tell you something, church. When you got born onto the earth as a human being, you got born into the Smith and the Jones and the Garcia family. But when you got born again, you got born again into God's family. And sure, there may be a curse on your human family, but it goes all the way back to the garden. That's where that curse started. And Christ hath redeemed us from the curse. And we don't have to go around looking up our family tree, finding out if Uncle Bob or Aunt Pat, they had all these issues in life and now we might have them. No, you're redeemed. You're redeemed. You're a new creature. You're in a brand new family. Notice what he said. Endless genealogies that all they do is produce questions. You know what they were doing back then is as they got saved and the Levitical priesthood was trying to raise up the Judaizers which were going into the Christian churches and say you've got to obey the law if you're saved. Okay, that's good. But it has brought you into Judaism. They were looking up their genealogies trying to find out if they were kin to any royalty. Am I kin to King David? King Solomon, that's what they were trying to do because they thought they could get a head up if they could prove they were part of that genealogy. Let me tell you something. You're part of royalty right now. Let me talk about a few of the people in your genealogy. How about David? How about Moses? How about Joshua? How about Peter and Paul? How about Jesus? How about all these wonderful men and women that have gone on before us, our loved ones? You're part of that family. That's your family. And you don't have to go looking up your genealogy in order to try to get some kind of deliverance from God because you discover some weakness in your family. That weakness is in the human family. Divorce is in the human family. Cancer is in the human family. Addictions in the human family. But thank God we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Now there's, not, there's nothing wrong. I know that people look up to see who's, you know, who was in their family. People find out, you know, George Washington was in my family. This person is in my family. But I'm talking about doing research in order to find out what's wrong with you. Let me tell you what's wrong with you. You're not growing. If you'll just grow up in Christ, you'll find out that's going to take care of most of the issues of your life. Amen? Now the other one, that I wanted to look at this morning. Let me go back to Ephesians. You can go over to, you can go over to uh, Psalms chapter 15. Psalms chapter 15. But the other one I wanted to look at, unreliability is a trait of, is a childhood trait. You know, kids have to learn how to be reliable. Listen, there's an integrity that the Word of God will build into you but I guarantee you, it's stronger than any integrity you'll have because of, you know, your, your education or your, or your grandfather taught it to you, your grandmother taught it to you. No, there's an integrity that the Word of God will put in you that I guarantee you, you will not violate your Word. Because when it comes to reliability, it all goes back to your Word. Now, I'm not going to teach on this, but I'm going to take a little rabbit trail. And the reason I need to use that this morning is this. You need to have... The Word of God do its maximum work in your life, in your health, in your finances, in your job, at your business, in your marriage. You need the maximum potential of the ability of the Word of God loosed in your life. Let me say it like this. You're going to have to trust the Word. You're going to have to obey the Word. 
You're going to have to believe the Word. You're going to have to rejoice because of the Word. But the Word is going to have to be your central focus. And you're going to have to learn to take God at His Word. Now let me tell you, the number one thing that inhibits you taking God at His Word is you breaking your Word. Did you find Psalms 15? Let me read this real quick. Psalms 15, verse 1. Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? I, 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 wrote the, I literally wrote this in my Bible. Who gets to hang out with God? Amen. I mean, I like hanging out with you, but I'd rather hang out with God. Amen. Who gets to hang out with God? He that walketh uprightly and worketh righteousness, speaketh the truth in his heart. He that backbiteth not with his tongue, nor doeth evil to his neighbor, nor taketh up a reproach against his neighbor, in whose eyes a vile person, vile person is contempted. But he that honoreth them that fear the Lord, he that sweareth to his own hurt and changeth not. A couple of translations. Moffat's translation. He keeps his oath, although he may lose by it. Amen. New Jerusalem Bible. Stands by his pledge at any cost. Now this is why you've got to be careful with your word because the number one area where we get into childlike behavior is not keeping our word when we give it to people. The Bible says righteous men and women will swear to their own hurt and change not. Now listen, I've had through, through ministry and through my life, I've had, to, I've, had to, I've had to bite the bullet several times on giving my word. You say, what do you mean by that? It's not that I give my word and bro- broke it. It's that I gave my word and I had to stand by it. I was in a particular meeting, vowed to give $5,000 to a particular project, then got to studying it and found out, now wait a minute, this thing doesn't look right to me. And the more I looked at it, the worse it got. And I thought to myself, well, you know, and many times that's what we'll do. We'll look at a situation. The situation has changed so we think we can change our word. So I was thinking, well, I'm not going to do it. I, you know, that, I'm just, I, I don't like the way this thing's going. It doesn't look like it's going to pan out for me. So I just think I'll hang on to my money. You know what God said? He said, you gave your word. He said, you gave your word. You raised your hand. Everybody saw you raise your hand. Everybody saw you raise your hand. Everybody saw you do it. You gave your word. You gave your word. And that's what he spoke to me. He said, stand by your word. I'll stand by mine. I wrote the checkout. I put it in the offering. I don't know what happened with the situation, the circumstance. I didn't care anymore because I didn't give it to the project. I gave it to God. Listen, it is so important that you understand that it takes some discipline, it takes some training, and you have to pay attention to what you say and how you say it, especially when you give your word. And listen, you give your word to people in the body of Christ. You give your word to people out in the world. People watch you and judge you by the way you stand by your word. Did you know that? And a lot of times in the body of Christ, we've seen people get all, uh, you know, just violate all kinds of things in their life and, and, and never stand by their word. And the world sees that and it just turns them off. You want to come to church? Nah, then people are a bunch of hypocrites. Amen? Well, you know, the whole world is hypocritical. We ought to get it out of the church and learn that when we give our word, we have to stand by it. We have to stand by it. You know, Over the years, I've noticed that the more I've stood by my word 
And yeah, I've taken some licks. I tell you, I've taken some licks. It hadn't been easy. But this is what I have found out. After I've taken a lick or two, and given my word where I should have thought a little bit, I don't give my word as much as I used to. I think it out a little more. I pray it out a little more. You know, when we traveled, we used to do a lot of conferences, camp meetings, things like that. People were always, hey, would you come preach at my church? Come preach at my church. Come preach at my church. And we were like, yeah, yeah, you know, we'd answer every one of them. But I found out later, not every one of those was of God. Amen. I mean, you go preach a meeting some weekend and you come back and it feel like somebody beat you with a knotted rope. You knew that wasn't God. Can I get a better amen with that? I mean, you get in a business deal and, and you know, it just the next thing you know, you're all beat to pieces. Listen, judge yourself so you will not be judged by God. Keep your word. Swear to your own hurt and change not. And I guarantee you, if you will do that, your trust in the word of God will go to another level. Now listen to me, and I'll close with this. My time's up. Many people do not grow up spiritually. Now listen to this. If you don't get nothing else, get this this morning. This will really help you. Many people do not grow up spiritually, and their life does not bear the fruit of growing up spiritually. You say, what do you mean by that? Growing up spiritually and bearing the fruit of that literally manifests itself in a greater consecration to God than you've ever had. But many people do not grow spiritually. And this may, be, may, may hurt. It may rub the fur the wrong way. But here's the thing. They just don't trust God. They just don't trust God. Many people argue. Oh, we took the offering this morning. Tithing and offering. Many people argue over tithing and offering. Do everything they can do to try to talk themselves and everybody else out of it. Why do they do that? They don't trust God. Many people, and sad to say, it's even taught in many of our, in our, of our theological seminaries. God does not heal today. God does not do miraculous things today. God does not produce. Why do they say that? Why do they do that? They don't trust God. They don't trust God. I heard a preacher say one time, he, he was a denominational preacher, and he said he, he investigated the doctrine of divine healing. And he read after several uh, wonderful ministers that had, had taught and demonstrated divine healing. And, and he said this. He said, I see it in the Word. And he said, I feel it in my heart. But he said, this is what he said. He said, I'm afraid that if I were to minister divine healing, there would be people that would not get healed. I wish I could talk to him. Because I would say this to him. There are people that you preach to that do not get saved. There are people that you preach to that do not prosper. There are people that you will preach to that will not get healed. But oh, thank God for the ones that get saved. And thank God for the ones that get healed. And thank God for the ones that get delivered. And thank God for when God moves by the Holy Ghost. And thank God for what God does. Listen, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him. He will direct your paths. Listen. In these last of the last days, you're going to have to learn to trust God. How many of you had to, had to learn through this little, this little bump? You say, what do you mean? By, if you judge this here in the next two years by what's coming upon the earth, you will see that what's going on right now is very minor to what's coming. I said to what's coming. You say, what do you mean to what's coming? Listen, they have put some things in motions by their own actions that is going to cause a calamity upon this planet like you've never seen. And the church better be ready because in the midst of it, we're going to reap the greatest harvest that the church has ever seen. Can I get a better amen than that? Praise God.
We want to talk just a moment to those that are watching this by live stream. We want to encourage you this morning that if you're not a believer, if you do not know Jesus as Lord, it's good to join a church. It's good to read your Bible. It's good to pray. The Bible, Jesus coined the phrase. He said, you must be born again. So this morning, we just want to ask the question, not only there, but here in the, here in the, here in the auditorium. Are you born again? Is Jesus your Lord and Savior? Listen, that question is not answered by years of study, uh, by years of, uh, of, uh, of you know, going to a Bible school or a, or a theological seminary. Two things that you must realize that must be real in your own heart. Number one, you must recognize that you are a sinner. And when you recognize you are a sinner, then you recognize you're in need of a Savior. Thank God God has provided a Savior in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And secondly, we want to invite those also that may be out of fellowship with God this morning. You've been born again. That relationship is there, but the fellowship has been broken. You don't study the Bible like you used to. You don't pray. Your heart toward God is not what it used to be. The sweet fellowship you used to enjoy is broken. God wants you to be restored to the body of Christ, to His church. Once you restore to His Word, to His Spirit. He's like the father of the prodigal son who's looking every day down the road to see if you will return. I'm going to pray a prayer here from the pulpit of Island Church and all of those, if you're here at Island Church, you need to get saved or if you need to come back to the Lord, pray this prayer with us this morning and I invite the entire congregation to pray after me as we pray out loud so our own ears can hear what we're praying. Pray this with me. Heavenly Father, right now, I recognize I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. And today, I accept not a Savior, but the Savior, Jesus Christ, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, did signs and wonders, died on a cross, rose from the dead, is seated at the right hand of the Father. I believe it. I receive it. I accept it. Heavenly Father, I restore my fellowship. Forgive me for that which has separated me from you. Thank you, Lord, that the blood of Jesus is still fresh upon the mercy seat. And that mercy appropriates that blood and cleanses me from all sin and all unrighteousness. I will return to spiritual things. I will return to church. I will return to the Word of God. I will give my heart to the heart of God and never break it again. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Island Church, stand on your feet. Don't forget we're teaching little 10-minute exhortations on sanctification. Has anybody been listening to that? You like that? That's a powerful subject, not taught on very much, but the more I study it, the better it gets. Amen. We'll be teaching that during the week, I think on Monday night, Tuesday night, Thursday night, Friday night. Just we have it there on the, on the website. I think on Facebook it's there too, so be sure. And then Wednesday night, come to church. Don't forget prayer at 6.30. Also, Saturday night, 6 to 7. Had a good crowd last night that came and prayed. Come with us, pray, intercede, and let's go to new levels in the things of God. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for the wonderful things you're doing in our midst. Thank you for this wonderful crowd this morning. Thank you for your blessings upon us. Thank you, Father. As we leave today, we appropriate that which is afforded us by your word and our obedience to it. We declare 
No evil befalls us. No plague comes to our dwelling place. The angels of God have charge over us. A thousand could fall at our right side, a thousand at our left hand, but it will not come nigh us. Only with our eyes will we behold and see the reward of the wicked. Thank you in our travels, highway, airway, seaway, railway, any other way of travel or transportation. We are protected. We are safe. Thank you, Father, in the righteous labor of our hands. As we go back to work, go back to our jobs, go back to our business. No evil plans of wicked men. No strategies of the devil himself. Thank you, Father. We abide under the shadow of the Most High. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the door of utterance open for us. Thank you that as we go out into the world, thank you the fire of evangelism burns in our heart that we'll be a strong witness of the goodness of God through Jesus Christ. Thank you that we'll be an answer to people's prayer, a problem to the devil, and a miracle in someone's life. Lord, as we leave today, we walk in faith and love towards you. We walk in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the Word, anointed by the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.